Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I am bringing you today's word for September 24th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled God is Faithful. And so as a result of the fact that God is faithful, when you internalize that, process it, digest it, believe it, that God is faithful, in turn, we have to be faithful to him. We we are faithful to him. But even, even beyond our level of faithfulness, God is faithful towards us. Look at me. I want you to know that God loves you, that he planned for your arrival on this planet, that he sent you to this planet at just the right time. And now that you're here, he is using you. He wants to use you for his glory. He is dedicated to the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world. He will never give up on you. He will never, you, there's nothing you can do. Listen, nothing you did caused God to start loving you and nothing you can do will ever make him stop. God, God loves you. I mean, say, say, I'm, say, say I'm loved by God. And then watch this. Say, I'm God's favorite. Oh, man. When you say, no, 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 no. I'm a, not only am I a child of the most high God, but I'm daddy's favorite. You get up every morning knowing that God loves you, that you are loved by God. You say, God loves me and I know it. God has called me. I am anointed. I am covered by the blood of his son. I am filled with his Holy Spirit and God loves me and I'm ready for this day. That's how we're supposed to live. Why? Because God is faithful. All right, so that said, now let's get into the word for this morning. So we've been looking at like a series inside of the series entitled The God is Faithful Series. We've been looking at something called We Can Withstand and Overcome Anything. This is actually part nine of that. We Can Withstand and Overcome Anything. Mike, uh, let me just pause here real quick. I see Mike Brownfield. Uh, Mike, you said that you know you love the message to start today. I just tell you, let me say something about that. I thank God for this. I've actually been doing this uh, Mike from way back when we met, but way before that. So for those of you that don't know, I've been doing today's word since December, 1997. So for 24 years, I've been sharing the word of God on a daily basis. Obviously the videos didn't start 24 years ago, but the video started a little bit over 10 years ago, but we've been doing this every day for the glory of God. I'm excited about it. This is how we start our day. We can withstand and overcome anything. Part nine, the title of today's message is speaking words of faith from a believing heart. As a believer, we are to speak words of faith from a believing heart. Let's talk about it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is what we've been looking at. Let's go back to it again today. we were Yesterday, we looked at verse 12. Today, we're going to look at verse 13, but you know I have to read all this stuff to you first, right? All right, so let's get into it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 1. Now, the Bible says, now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry, and we will not quit or faint with weariness. Verse seven, we are like common clay jars that carry around this glorious treasure so that the immeasurable power that is seen in us, will everybody will know that it's God and not us. Verse eight, though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times, we don't even know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, 
but we are not knocked out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus could be revealed through our own humanity. We consider living to mean that we're constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, but it's so that the life of Jesus can be seen through our own bodies. So then death is at work in us, but this death is working, is releasing life in you. Verse 13, this is what I'm going to deal with today. We have the same spirit of faith that was described in the scriptures when it says, first, I believe, then I spoke in faith. Well, guess what? We also believe, then we speak in faith. Verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up. Glory to God, for even though our outward man is gradually wearing out, our inner man is renewed every single day. Verse 17, we view our slight and short-lived troubles. If you're going through something, it's slight and it's short-lived. Why? Because you're viewing it in light of eternity. We see our difficulties as actually the substance that is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond all comparison. Why? Why do we see things different than the world? Because verse 18, we don't focus our attention on the things that are seen. No, we focus our attention on the things that are unseen. We spend time looking at things that you cannot see with these eyes. And we know that the seen is temporary, but the unseen is eternal. And so this is how we withstand and overcome anything. We have a different perspective. We're looking at things from a different point of view. So what does this mean for you today? I have four things to share with you in this morning. Once again, verse 12 says, we have the same spirit of faith that was described in the scriptures when it says, first I believe, then I spoke in faith, but we also believe, and then we speak in faith. So what does this mean for you today on this Friday morning as we seek to close out the week strong, head into the weekend strong? Four things. This is where I need you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. Four things. Number one, here we go. You ready? All right. So right up front, I want you to know, and I've done a lot of teaching on this, and, and I'm going to flow in the same vein next week too, but I want you to know that words matter. Say words matter. Your words matter. You have to know that your words matter. So yesterday, as I was closing out the message, I was urging you to look at your challenges from a different perspective, not from a human point of view. And actually, a lot of people in the in the chat, in the comments, they said, wow, thanks, Rick. This helps me get a better understanding or a different perspective, a different way to look at challenges, a different way to look at obstacles, a different way to look at it because I know that it's, it's releasing the life of God in me, right? So we have to look at things through God's eyes. When you learn to look at your challenges through God's eyes, the text that we just read says that, man, these things seem like nothing. It, it, they're like short-lived. They're, they're, they're puny within the context of God's glory. But when you're looking at it from a, uh, from a human point of view, then yeah, then these things might, might look like, oh my God, this thing is going to destroy me. But it would, it, you just have to change your perspective. When you look at it through God's eyes, these things look small. These things look manageable because why now you're able to see things from God's point of view. And your perspective is critical because watch this. It is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks, right? So you're going to speak what you believe, right, from your heart. If, but it's all based on your perspective. It's, it's all based on how you see things, right? And so you have to be able to see things from God's perspective in order to say things from God's perspective. So your words can either agree with heaven or agree with the earth. Your, your words either put you in alignment to experience heaven or your words put you in alignment to just live as a mere human. So your words can either release heaven to you, the, 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 un, the unseen, the supernatural, the limitless, or your words can keep you bound to the limits of this present world. And so at the end of the day, your words matter. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that the power of death and life are in the tongue, and you're going to have whatever you say. And so as a believer, 
You got to speak life and not death, blessing and not cursing. You have to train yourself through the word of God. Your mind has to be renewed to never speak negative against uh, uh, about you, your, your, whatever you're facing, your children. Never allow a negative word. That, matter of fact, Paul said it this way. Allow no corrupt communication to proceed from out of your mouth, but only that which is good for the use of edifying or building up that you may minister grace to one another with your words. That's Ephesians chapter four. So the Bible has so much to say about your words. Why? Because with your words, you are either agreeing with God or agreeing with Satan. So let's say, let me just give you a practical example. Then we'll move on from this first point. Let's say that you get, uh, uh, you're praying and, and, and all of a sudden for weeks, the Lord starts ministering to you and the Lord starts ministering to you in prayer to meditate on healing scriptures. And you go and you're meditating on healing, healing scriptures. And the Lord says to you, I am the Lord God who heals you. And you're like, oh my God, okay, cool. God, and you say to your husband, babe, I don't know why, but God is really ministering to me about healing. And, and God is telling me that he's the Lord God who heals me. Okay. And you're like, okay, cool. But you didn't know what was coming next. And so this is happening. And then you go and you have a doctor's appointment and the doctor finds something, maybe a lump in your breast or something. And so now, uh oh, so now it's a different story. Now you get nervous, right? And so now you're dealing with that situation, but the Lord has been ministering to you for weeks that he got you, girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's the Lord that heals you. And so now what are you going to say? So now if you got to watch your mouth. Now I can tell whether or not you're in faith by what you say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Whatever is in you abundantly is going to come out of you eventually. And so when I talk to you about that doctor's visit, I'm going to hear what you believe. Either you're going to be saying, man, what God just said. Don't you know? God just spent three weeks ministering to me. Then I got this report. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. I'm good. I'm good. The, the Lord the Lord heals me. I'm waiting on the results from the doctor, but I'm not going to be moved by, by what the results say because the Lord already told me that he's the Lord that heals me, right? That's faith. Or you could be like, oh my God, you know, I'm waiting. I'm going to get the results on Thursday. And all, I mean, all Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you just speaking words of fear, words of doubt, words of unbelief, anxiety. You're not in faith. You're, you're not a person that's speaking the words of faith. And here's the, the challenge is you're going to have what you say. And so even when you get a report from the doctor, if God gave you a different report, the, the Bible asks the question, whose report are you going to believe? The Bible says we have to believe the report of the Lord. So God is looking at you to align your lips and your legs with his promises. Let me say that again. God is looking for you and I to align our lips and our legs with his promises. But the problem is that your legs will never take you where your mind has never been. <laughs> and your legs are probably not going to take you where your lips have never spoken. So let me say it another way. You have to see it and you have to say it before you will have it. That's how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God, God reveals things to you in the unseen, and then you have to see the unseen, and then you have to say the unseen. God calls those things which be not as though they were. You have to declare what God has spoken, even though it hasn't happened yet. And then what God revealed to you has to be more real to you than what you see with your natural eyes. This is the life of faith. I don't know if you understand this, but I'm trying to break it down as simple as I can. Number two, you must learn to look at your life from God's and God's promises towards you from God's point of view. So I'm just further driving home this point. If you only live your life from a human point of view, guess what? Newsflash, you're going to live your life as a mere human. But you're born from above. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. So you're not supposed to just live your life from a human point of view. The goal is to renew your mind to think and speak like God. Now, the problem is that this only happens when you meditate and you meditate on God's word 
and you get God's word down inside of you and you think about it all the time. That's why the Bible says to meditate and medicate on God's word day and night. So the more word of God, remember the word of God contains the character, the attributes, and the nature of God. So the more you get, the more you know the word of God, the better you will know the God of the word. So you get the word of God down in your heart and you meditate and medicate on it. Now, once it's in your heart, the more you digest, process, and believe what God said, the more you're going to believe what God believes about you. And that's the goal. The goal is for you to walk up to the mirror and look in the mirror and see Jesus, right? As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I believe what God believes about me. I am fully persuaded. Faith is not something that, that I'm trying to get God to convince God of. Faith is what happens to me when, I, when God convinces me. When God convinces me of what he called me to do. When God convinces me of who I am. So now I look in the mirror and I am fully persuaded that what God promised over my life, he is able also to perform and he's going to bring it to pass in my life. And so now my perspective is not based on this world. My perspective is based on God's revelation towards me. Now, many believers don't realize it, but they are stifling their faith. They are actually destroying their faith with words of fear and doubt and unbelief. Let me say it this way. I did a whole teaching one time entitled words of prayer, words of faith, words of prayer, words of faith. You can't pray one thing in the morning and then say something else that's contrary to that all day long and think that your prayers are going to be answered because you're canceling out your prayer with words of fear and doubt and unbelief. And so if you prayed something in the morning in faith and you really believe it, then throughout the day, you're going to have to be saying, you know, what you said, what you said in prayer. Throughout the day, you're going to have to believe what you said. Now, if you're not believing it, then then you're not going to have it. As a believer, you have to reinforce your words of prayer with words of faith all day long. So you have to speak the language of faith. So no matter how long it takes, you got to get the word down inside of you to the point where you are conscious of your words. You are so conscious of your words. A lot of people don't realize how negative they speak. You can't speak negative and experience positive. It just doesn't work like that. You're going to have what you say. And, and I'm talking about speaking words of faith from a believing heart. Believe me, I'm not going to be able to finish this today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my time teaching this. All right. Number three, let's, and I'm not, and that's why I'm not even like getting excited or trying to preach today. Cause I really need you to get what I'm saying. Number three, let's learn about the importance of our words from um, the Roman centurion. So this is a good lesson on, on speaking words of faith is the Roman centurion. So if you look at the Roman centurion in Matthew chapter eight, so here you have this Roman officer. He was a centurion. So for those of us, a lot of people on the stream right now are familiar with the army. Uh, so basically uh, a Roman centurion was over a hundred soldiers. So let's call this guy like a company commander. So, so this company commander walks up, a Roman co company commander walks up to Jesus and he says to Jesus, Lord, my servant is very sick at home. He's in bed. He can't move his body. He's in a lot of pain. So Jesus says to the Roman officer, okay, God, got it. I, I, I will go and heal him. Jesus thought that this was business as usual. Jesus was going around healing people. So he thought was, oh, this is another situation, another opportunity for me to heal somebody. Okay, I'll go with you. And then the Roman centurion flipped the script on him. He said, Lord, no, 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 no. I don't need you to come. He says, I'm not good enough for you to come into my house. You simply need to speak the word only and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm a man and I understand authority. I'm a man that understands authority. There are people who have authority over me and I have soldiers under my own authority. Now, if I, I tell one of my soldiers to go, he has to go. I tell one of my soldiers to come, he has to come. I tell one of my soldiers to do, he has to do. 
And when Jesus heard this, the Bible says that he was amazed, amazed. And he said, Jesus said, the truth is this man has great faith. I have not found this type of faith, not even in Israel. I haven't found this kind of faith, not even in Israel. So let's break this down. Let's, let's take a moment to learn from the Roman centurion. So there's a lot to cover here, but I'll, I'll give you a few things. All right. So the first thing is that it takes humility to interact with the divine. So it takes humility to interact with the divine. I don't know if you've ever been like, remember when um, uh, Isaiah said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. When he saw the Lord, whenever God reveals himself to you, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And he said, what, what is the response? He fell on his face. If you are ever like in a church service or something and, and the Lord reveals his glory, when the glory of the Lord is manifested, the proper response to the glory of the Lord is worship. You fall on your face, you fall on your knees, you give God glory, right? It takes a certain level of humility to, to interact with the divine. So in the text, you're like, what does that have to do with this text? Okay, in the text, the, the Israelites, the Jews, were under the captivity of the Romans. So the Romans were in charge. Not only were the Romans in charge, but this guy was a Roman officer. He was a Roman officer and he walks up to Jesus, a Jew who was subject to him. And the Roman officer addresses Jesus as Lord. It, 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 the word Lord there means master. So he says, listen, master. So, so he is submitting to Jesus, right? It takes a certain level of humility for you to receive from God. The Roman officer went out of his way. He submitted to Jesus. Not only that, but he wasn't there for himself. He wasn't there for his wife. He wasn't there for his son. He was there for his servant. He was there for his servant. Watch this. This is true leadership. True leadership is I am going to serve those that God has blessed me to lead. So let me just say this. He humbled himself for his servant. He humbled himself to Jesus. He got his breakthrough. You will never tap into the power of God until you humble yourself. Here's another point. It takes an understanding of authority to access or to tap into supernatural power. So the first thing the Roman officer said, because he was in authority, but the first thing he said, even though he was in authority, he says, listen, I'm a person who's in authority, but watch this. He says, I'm under authority. So, so he says, the reason why I'm in authority is because I'm under authority. See, your authority comes from your submission. He, he was saying, the reason why soldiers who are under my authority, if I say go, they have to go. If I say do, they have to do. Why? Because I have to go and I have to do when those over me tell me to go and to do. Since I'm under authority, then I'm in authority. You will never be in authority until you're under authority. Let me just say this uh, for, for the brothers, for men who are married. Uh, uh, a woman, a wife, will never have a problem submitted to a husband who submitted to God. You are in authority, but you're under authority, right? Uh, there's only a, ever an issue when a, when a husband wants the wife to submit to him and he ain't submitted to nobody. That's not how it works. For you to be in authority, you have to be under authority. That was for free. That has nothing to do with this lesson. Let me get back to the lesson. The Roman officer said that he could go. And he was like, basically, if I tell somebody to go, they have to go. If I tell somebody to do, they have to do. Why? Because anybody under my authority has to listen to my words. Okay. It's subject to my words. Listen, I'm talking about words today. The Roman centurion knew that your authority, watch this, is not limited to your vicinity. Glory to God. Let me say that again. Oh, I'm, I'm about to get excited now. He, he understood that your authority is not limited to your vicinity. He was like, no, no, I don't have to be there to exercise authority. I can just 
Send the word. I can come. I can when they when people under my authority, somebody sends a word. I send the word, and they say, "Hey, Pina said." Oh, well, therefore now, well, Pena's not here. It doesn't matter. He sent the word. He sent the command. Watch this. Your authority is not limited to your vicinity. So he was like, Miss, let me just give you what, what I think he was saying in the RPV, the Rick Pena version. This, this officer walks up to Jesus and says, listen, Mr. Jesus, he says, I'm not here because I'm a Roman or you're a Jew. This has nothing to do with it. I'm here because I perceive that you have authority over sickness. Now, I don't because if I had authority over sickness, I would have spoken to sickness myself. If I would have spoken to it and it would have had to go, but I don't have authority over sickness, but I believe you have authority over sickness, which is why I'm here. So since you have authority over sickness, I don't need you to go. I just need you to say glory to God because you're, watch this. Authority is not limited to vicinity. I don't need you to go. I, Jesus like, I'll go. He's like, no, no, I don't need you to go. I just need you to say, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus like, oh my God, this guy has great faith. He doesn't need to see it. He doesn't need for me to even be there. He believes that I can say it and the word will go where I'm not going and the word will do what I don't have to do. I don't have to lay hands on nobody. I can just say it. Glory to God. The guy believed it. You got to get to the point where you can stand on the word from God like the Roman centurion and you can believe what God said. This is number four as I close, where you can believe what God said, where, where, where God has sent the order, just like Jesus sent the order. He said, go, your servant is healed. The, the, the Roman centurion went home. He knew the guy was going to be healed. He got there. It was like, hey, he's healed. It's like, yeah, I knew it was going to be healed. But what time did he get healed? It was like, oh, it was like three o'clock. Yeah, that's when Jesus, I mean, you know what I'm saying? He was like, that's when he said it. He wanted to know for sure that as soon as he said it, Boom, the guy got healed. Glory to God. I'm saying this is the life of faith. He was like, Mr. Jesus, just send the order. Listen, you got to get to the point where you believe God, where you believe every promise God has given you that God has sent the order and you got to get it down in your heart so much so that you are so convinced that you will send the order too. You are so convinced that you will say what God said, even when it doesn't make sense, even when you don't know how it's going to do it. You are meditating and meditating on, on what God is saying to you, what God has put down in your heart and you say what God said until you see what God said. You are standing on the word. L listen, going back to the text as we close, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first, I believe, then I spoke in faith. So we, you and I, come on now, we also believe, then we speak in faith. We are speaking words of faith from a believing heart. We are aligning with heaven and we will experience heaven on earth this is how we're supposed to live. And I have a lot more to say about this. I'll do that next week. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Glory to God. Send the order, Jesus. All right. So listen, let's say this over your life and speak these words of faith from a believing heart. Say, Father, this is a season of leveling up for me. I level up by speaking words of faith from a believing heart. Never again will I speak against your promises. I take you at your word. I know you will watch over your word to perform it in my life. I know you will never allow not even one word to return to you void. So I receive the word you speak to me. I meditate and medicate on it day and night to the point where your word is more real to me than what I see with these eyes. I stand on your word, no matter how long it takes. And I have the courage 
to say out loud what you have said to me. I believe it. I say it. And I will have it. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. This is today's word. I'm telling you, please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, it's a Friday morning. So on Friday mornings, I like to remind you about our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that, about our ministry. Let me just give you a quick update uh, before I close. Don't don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Uh, I just want you to see this. So our school in the Dominican Republic, um, actually, they just started painting the out the outer walls green yesterday. Uh, but you know, here we have ten classrooms, we have office space, we have a caf- cafeteria, we have a kitchen. We haven't started building the, the church yet, but this is uh, an update. And so, if you want to be part of this, if you want to, uh, and this and the the kids are going to go to school on October fourth. So sometime in October, I'll go to the Dominican Republic and check it out and and give you updates and show you pictures of the kids and everything. So if you want to be part of what God is doing here in our in our ministry at the Dominican Republic, please go to ripministries.org, click on the donate button, make a donation. This is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. All the donations in the United States are tax deductible. Partner with us in ministry and you will be a partaker of the grace that is on this ministry. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. Do me a favor. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments if this was a blessing to you. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I'll see you on Monday.